0: Uh, that was a really loud bang. Did you hear that?
1: That was interesting.
0: Oh, hold on a second. I gotta stop this. What the f*** was
1: that? Holy f- That was an explosion. You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of The Unit Report. My name's Lucas. I'm here with Troy. Troy, say hello. Hello, again, third time. We're trying this for the third time to record this. First, an explosion stopped me. Second time, uh, my mom texting me stopped me. This time, I'm ultra-focused. Everything's going on airplane mode. No one's interrupting me. Let's do this. Not even Vladimir Putin can stop me from talking about this. I'm a journalist, and we're going to talk about the Artemi Panarin controversy with the New York Rangers. Uh, It started with Artemi Panarin showing support Via an Instagram like of Alexei Navalny, the opposition leader in Russia, who's obviously opposing Vladimir Putin and his ways and his corruption in Russia, and he Artemi Panarin is just one of many athletes who have spoken out or shown support of Navalny, and it's a situ—it's obviously a very delicate situation where things in Russia can get go very side go sideways very quickly, and a hit piece was put out put out against Panarin essentially saying that he, uh, but whenever he played in Russia when he was a uh, I think it was 18 or 19 he assaulted somebody and it's began it kind of started this whole snowball effect of where Panarin and his family and the New York Rangers think that there might be immediate danger for Panarin and his family that are still over in Russia so Panarin is Gone for the team from the team right now indefinitely until everything gets situated. And it seems like the plan is to, for him to try to get to figure the situation out with the possible assault allegation, get that figured out and get his family and loved ones to safety, which probably means coming to the United States. Because in Russia right now, it's probably not safe for them the same way it wasn't for Navalny, where he got poisoned and nearly died and now is in a prison camp because of it his whole opposition. So very delicate situation there with our Temi Panarin. Um, our thoughts are with him and hopefully everything works out. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about
1: in that regard? Not really. I think he pretty much just brushed over it. So, All
0: right, well, here's a discussion we can have. How do you feel about Jordan Binnington being a little
1: baby? Um, I don't know. I wonder if him and, uh, like, Tuukka happened to, like, have a conversation in the past couple weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, they played against each other in the cup final, but they're both hot-headed goalies.
1: Yeah, um, I guess. Basically, what happened is uh, – oh, how many goals? Six goals let in?
0: I think he let in five, I think, I think. Uh, I think
1: he, was- hey, he let in, a, anyway, what happened is uh, Bennington let in a uh, handful of goals, uh, definitely showed he was uh, not thrilled, and then he got pulled, and as he was basically skidding off, he punched, how do you say his last name? It was Simic of the Simic? San Jose Sharks.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, he punched him. And then, um, he went, but he kept skating and kind of like did like an air punch, like a fake punch kind of thing, the Carlson. And then after that, he started talking some crap with, uh, um, Devin Dubnik and he just wasn't having it and kind of gave Dubnik a shove. And then they're chirping at each other. And then the, uh, refs eventually skate over and, uh, kind of escort, uh, Bennington off. And then that was the end of that. But um, I don't know. It was definitely uh, I don't think anyone would have expected that. But as we'll get into later, there has been uh, the goalies have been uh, quite, I guess, aggressive this week.
0: Yeah. And uh, just Bennington specific, he's been kind of a hot-headed, you know, kind of crybaby in the past before he's shown a lot of raw emotion and I don't know something you kind of just things you don't really expect from your goalie you expect your goalie to be like the calm collected one because in the end they're there most of the time all 60 minutes in the game you can't have somebody that's as like irrational and erratic as Bennington was uh, during that game in a game that uh, st Louis eventually won they put Villy husso in their backup uh, after Bennington was pulled and they won, it was probably one of the best games of the season for the NHL, uh, St. Louis won seven to six in overtime. It was a real thriller. And, uh, just Bennington, obviously he won his cup. You gotta, gotta give him his due there. He deserved it. He, his call up to the team kind of resurrected their season and brought them onto the seam as a Stanley cup contender. And then once he got to the playoffs, they just rolled with him and he performed great. But, uh, You know, all that success aside, A, he hasn't been very successful this season. Uh, And, you know, St. Louis is doing okay as a team, but he hasn't really pulled his weight as you'd expect the starting goaltender to. And also, like I said, unless there's like a full-on brawl, you don't really expect the goalie to do things like that. And there was no one else fighting. There was no other aggression on the ice. It was like a stoppage, it was a stoppage in play. And he was just skating to the uh, other side of the ice because in the San Jose arena, you can't have uh, the backup goalie on the bench just because it's like small, the bench is too small. It doesn't all fit enough people. So he had to go off the ice on the other side. And in that path, he decided to whine like a little baby. And it's kind of goofy, but I don't really know what else to say about that. I think he needs to grow up a little bit. I think he's too old to be acting like that. And the only reason... The only explanation for a goalie to act like that, I think, is if there's like a full-on brawl, like on both teams, but there was nothing that justified Bennington acting the way he did, in my opinion. Um, do you want to talk about the uh, last game about the Pens and Islanders?
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. It was uh, Sunday, 228, uh, Pens and Islanders, the Islander – or the Yeah, the Islanders ended up winning that one, correct? I believe so. I believe so, because I think the Penguins were going to go five straight, because I don't think the Islanders had beat them all season. But uh, more or less, it was about the end of the game where uh, they started the Smith, because it was back-to-back. He got pulled, I think, with like a minute and 45 left. And they had Malkin on. I don't know if he was as the extra attacker, but he was out there, and he just seemed like he had no life in him. He just glided and kind of hung around the neutral zone. I remember at one point, kind of early on, the Islanders ended up uh, centering the puck in the uh, neutral zone, and then it was Malkin's guy, and he just never even made an attempt to try to uh, stop him. I think it ended up – the Islanders guy ended up passing it, but Malkin just – kind of glided around for his entire shift and everyone else is flying around because they're only down by, I think they're only down by a goal. And then, I don't know, for whatever reason, he just kind of didn't participate. So I wonder if anything got brought up after, because if I'm one of his teammates, I wouldn't be super thrilled that I'm up there or out there flying up and down the ice trying to win this game and he's just there kind of, you know, both, uh, both feet planted in the ice, just sort of spinning in circles waiting for the waiting for the uh, clock to end. But I don't know. I know we were talking about how uh, Malkin's kind of on a little bit of a, um, you know, kind of on like a short chain here with the trades and everything else. So him doing this definitely doesn't help feed into his, um, I guess, reasoning as to why, paying him $10 million and keeping him around would be worth it because I'm not too thrilled with this performance. I think it's kind of lazy and pathetic for someone that wears an A on the top of their chest. And this just doesn't show leadership at all. Um, I don't know. I was pretty disappointed. Lucas, I don't know if you saw, I don't think you saw the end of it, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on this.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't see, I didn't
1: see that in particular. I was busy uh, then,
0: but if you just look at his all around play all the all season it seemed like that i feel like exactly how you explained that shift has just been the story of his season where he's been lazy he's been lagging around it seems like he doesn't i don't think it's an ability thing it just looks like a like a work ethic thing it doesn't look like he's trying very hard when he's on the ice but uh tonight i thought he was going to kind of like go off because his games again without crosby are notoriously better and he actually doesn't have an assist tonight so props to that but we'll see what happens all there and you had something you wanted to say
1: yeah about your like ability versus worth at work um ethic thing is it's like if he so say i don't know say he wasn't malkin and he was sort of like some i guess fourth line film or whatever I mean, obviously, you're not going to expect him to go and strip the puck away from, you know, the Islanders' top-tier defenseman, but uh, at least you'd want to kind of see him out there skating circles around him, and Malkin wasn't even doing that. Like, forecheck a little, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you showed any bit of... Uh, I don't know the, what the word for it is. Just any bit of, like, momentum or uh, anything that even remotely tried to stop him, and he just didn't. So, I don't know. It's definitely not in a an ability thing because we've seen him do it in the past it just seems like it's laziness and you kind of feel bad for his teammates because he stuck out like a sore thumb especially in that situation where they have the extra man and uh, they're trying trying to uh, cruise around to get the extra goal and he's just kind of out there like a sore thumb so I think that's really what made it stand out for me but I don't know I wonder if it got brought up or anything or if anyone made a thing about it but I'm sure there's got to be some internal thing going on with the status of Malkin right now and just the lack of performance that we've seen so far this season. Yeah. Uh, he's already 34
0: and uh, he's under contract for this year and next, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, still making that $9.5 million. Um you know, I mean, you could see him walk. I've always been of the belief that the penguins want to keep the big three, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, around until retirement. But you you can't pay him, like you mentioned, $10 million. Cause that's what apparently during the offseason he brought up that that's the around where he wants to get paid for like three more years in addition, $10 million per. Uh, I don't know if I want him for those three extra years. If he's this bad now or like this having this hard of a time keeping up now with these really like fast paced skaters that like basically taking over the NHL uh, he's going to have a really hard time three, four years down the line. And you mentioned a really good point with the A on the chest. You expect a guy like that to lead by example, to try to like put a lot of effort into his like skating and his play, but it's just not there.
1: It, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're, remember whenever uh, Matt Collin had his stint here? And I think, I don't remember who was out, but they ended up giving uh, Colin Ward the A for a little bit. Yeah. And he obviously was not some, you know, first, second, maybe third line guy, but it's it's the effort. Like he wasn't the best player in the world and he admitted it, but at least he went out there and he put 100% on the ice and led by example. And I think that's kind of what the A's mm-hmm. about. And so far, this just isn't it. He was also 40. Like, you can't – I mean, I understand every
0: people age at different times. So, if you're 34, I feel like it's it's not even, like, a speed thing. Like, if he was trying his effort and putting in full strides, it would be acceptable. But it's that, like, like – like if, if, if he was slow and he was doing that, it's totally okay. But it's not – it doesn't even look like he's trying out there. It just visibly looks bad as a fan, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, I think there's a – I don't know, where – you know how there's kind of the thing where it's like the best player gets to see, and then you kind of like go and rank. But yeah. if you really think about it, you know what I mean? Like, like what does the captain mean? It's the same thing with the assistants is it's like that. It doesn't mean it's your best player. It's that you. It's I think that's the one that represents the, uh, I guess the moral and dignity of the team the most. The, uh, you know, the one that shows the leadership to the younger guys and kind of the mentor, and mm-hmm. just this isn't it. Like, like Crosby, for example, you know what I mean? Like he's a pretty, I guess, a pretty quiet guy off the ice. And they kind of like that because he's not super controversial. I don't think he's controversial at all. He kind of keeps no. his mouth shut and uh, absolutely only yeah. does what he's asked. And I think that's about as good as you can get in a world like we're in today where everything that you say can be, you know, kind of picked and ripped apart in a moment's notice. So
0: An, an Instagram like even can
1: Yeah, but I don't know. It just seems like for someone that wears the A, I would expect a lot more. Well, I would expect him to be the one kind of leading the charge, skating laps around guys to try to get the puck and get it in the back of the net. But I don't know, kind of a pathetic performance. Uh, hopefully it changes, because if not, honestly, I don't know that I, if they ended up getting rid of him at the end of the season, I don't know how much, um, you know, how much you would really miss him with the, he's what, $10.5 million cap hit?
0: He's nine and a half now, but he after his after next season his contract's up, and he said he wants ten.
1: Yeah, no way. I could I there's there's a substantial amount of guys that are in the seven range that I think they could get. They could it, it his current state skate laps around him. But. Look at the, look at the young guys that are up and coming in the league, the
0: Matthews, the McKinnons, the McDavid's. All of them, uh, I mean. McDavid makes less Matthews and McDavid make more but you're also paying those guys long term and they're gonna be good for a while Malkin if
1: this and but if, this is the thing is they' he they're their number one guy though well that too but like also they're like, not the number two position where Malkin's at yeah true
0: but well Crosby makes a pay cut like takes a pay cut so that's you know kind of evens out a little bit but also regardless of that it's that these guys are only getting better. Malkin, if this year is any indication, he's on his last legs, literally. So why are you gonna be paying him more money, giving him a raise for three
1: three more years after next? It's not gonna happen. You said he's how old? 34? 34 now. Did, didn't Ovechkin bring up the thing where he wants to walk in a couple years and go over and play in the KHL? He he mentioned it. He said
0: I think the quote exactly was He's never going to play for another NHL team other than Washington. And if, they, if at some point it comes to the fact, like it comes to where like he doesn't want to be in Washington or they don't want him anymore, he'll go over and play in Moscow.
1: Okay, don't you kind of see Malkin doing the same thing? He could. He could go to the same organization that he started with, which is a Magneto. Because wouldn't he want to go to, like, Washington or – Pugino? Yeah. Who else has all the Russian guys? Florida, yeah. See, Florida has a bunch of them. Montreal I, I th- has some. Do they? Because like, I know there's a couple teams that really are they're pretty stacked, but I don't know. I kind of see him. I don't 35. think
0: thirty-five. That that would be this. That would be him pulling the Yager, literally leaving and going to the rival. I don't think he'd do that. I think it's more likely that he'd go to a team that's irrelevant to Pittsburgh, like a Florida. Or just go back and play in Russia and Magnetogorsk. I could see that, but they're going to let him play out this contract. So, like it or not, he's going to be here next this year for the rest of this year and next year. He's going to be a Penguin. After that, there's a different discussion. If they extend him, which this offseason, which they could do, like and for a year in advance, if they extend him to that three years, ten million per, I'm going to be a little disappointed. It's it just seems like a bad future decision it seems like you're prolonging the pain we're not it's going to be a lot harder to rebuild with that guy and that contract for that team
1: yeah he's not cheap so I don't know Um, I guess moving on to more news in the Penguins some unfortunate news uh, actually coming out this morning where uh, Sidney Crosby has been placed on the Penguins COVID protocol list along with who is it It there's one of the assistant managers I think Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but from my
0: understanding with the Crosby one is it was just contact tracing. He hasn't tested positive, I don't think, or anything, but it seems they're trying to be proactive with it and, you know, rather have one guy out than everybody out.
1: Yeah, but um, unfortunately, I guess, with this thing is, if it is contact tracing, there is going to slowly kind of be more guys getting pulled, especially if someone comes back uh, positive. But I guess that was just a – just a thing to note on um, when the NHL, on a high note, where when was this? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, we have some news out of the uh, Penguins minor league affiliate, the Wailing Nailers. And on their game, best on team Sunday, in sports. Best team oh, yes, in sports. <laughs> easily. But the. Whaling Nailers were playing the Utah Grizzlies when the two goalies decided that they were going to uh, go at it. Long story short, the uh, Nailers were up 6 to 1. It's very, very late in the third period. Um, The Grizzlies were kind of started throwing the weight around. Uh, There were a few fights. The goalies ended up going at it. Um, Trying to find the goalies' names. Here it is. Um, oh, boy. Snailers goalies, Francis Broussard versus uh, the Grizzlies, Kevin McCarr. And uh, Carr just got dropped. I don't know if you saw the video.
0: I did. I did. He was,
1: just got dropped.
0: It was nice but, to see.
1: Yeah. he. I think he got – I did he get one swing in? I think he got one swing in, and then uh, it's, Broussard yeah. just took over, and that was it. He just got – uh once car fell
0: that was it yeah it started pretty even it started where there was some uh jabs exchanged but then once brassard got his uh bearings he kind of laid it down and uh good on him you know win one for the penguins organization you know future star- penguins starter francois brassard Jeez louise um so yeah that was that was cool to see i like that a lot better than the uh Bennington thing because it was two guys that wanted to fight you know it wasn't Bennington going around and trying to bully somebody it was two guys that were like hey you know what let's just do it and I w- went and did it and good on them it looked it was a it was a good fight good good, good thing to see um would you like to move on into this MLB thing next?
1: sure we'll move on to MLB where uh this is a I believe this is a new rule this year correct I'm not even aware of it, so you're gonna have to explain. It. Okay, so basically, what what uh, what happened is um, Sunday, or yeah, it was Sunday. Uh, Garrett Richards of the uh, Red Sox was pitching in his first uh, spring training appearance, and basically, what happened is uh, he loaded up the bases. Uh, he walked in a run, just kind of having a rough start. And the spring training rule is after the pitcher throws 30 pitches, regardless of how many um, outs or runners are on base, I guess the managers can decide to end that inning after 20 pitches by the same pitcher have been thrown. So in a way, it kind of built him out. Keep in mind it's only spring training, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting where it's like he dug himself a pretty deep hole. He has everyone on base. And it's, that's just kind of it. Like they just kind of were like, all right, it's over. And he ended up going back out. I think the next inning and kept going, but it's, it was just very uh, interesting. Like as the perspective of since it's spring training, I mean, the games don't mean anything, but would you kind of want them to like, cause ultimately every pitcher is going to do it once or twice during the season where they dig themselves a hole. And then you kind of want to see what they do to get themselves out of it. I think this was kind of one of those situations where it's like, do do you let him go and just try to see what he can do to work himself uh, to kind of get back in the groove and uh, get a few outs, or uh, I guess in this case, they ended up pulling him, but it was definitely a very interesting interesting role. I wasn't sure it existed until I saw this, so I don't know if you have any thoughts. I, I, this is the first I've heard of it. Is this exclusive to spring training? Yeah, so basically it's a spring training only role. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting where – because you at least here they can dig themselves the rut and try to get out of it. But um, I guess in real life it, it matters, whereas this they don't. So I was kind of surprised because I thought this was kind of the whole point of spring training because they already only play, what, seven innings? So they're not playing a full game anyway, but I don't know. Definitely interesting to see. Um, I don't know. It
0: just seems like it's becoming more and more. I know it's, I know you said it's just spring training and everything, but it seems like it's becoming more and more of like a Mickey Mouse kind of league. Like it's really really cartoony. You know, you got the guy that can come on in extra innings second base. You got, uh, you can just end the inning if a pitcher has too many pitches. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think this – I mean, I understand why they're doing it. They don't want guys to run up their pitch count in spring training. I get it. It just seems goofy.
1: It seems like this has been just an MLB thing as a whole where they were first talking about the, you know, nine innings too long. And then it's the, do we really need to play – what is it, 162 games in the season? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we really need this? Do we really need that? And it seems like instead of trying – I don't know. It seems like kind of embracing their roots. Now they're kind of at the point of where, like what we talked about last time, but the salary cap, salary floor, where you have these great teams that everyone wants to, wants to play, and then you have these teams that don't care at all, and no one wants to go see them. So it's just a matter of, like, how they want to portray their uh, brand and getting the smaller generations. I think doing the salary cap, salary floor would be the best way to do it to level the playing field but uh, it appears the MLB is taking the uh, route of quite literally changing the game to make it more, I guess, exciting or appealing to the younger generation. But I don't know. Cause I feel like if I'm the old, if you're part of the older generation, this isn't even, I don't know. It's like, is this even baseball? Cause now you have video replay. The, what the ump says doesn't really matter as much anymore. Same thing with the guy on second. Um, I, in all fairness all this stuff started in spring training too didn't it where it was kind of ran as a ran as the pilot and then um the yeah, same with the pitch clock
0: yeah same yeah with
1: the, exactly where we never used to have any of this stuff and now they start in spring training it gets implemented so i mean as crazy as this rule sounds 20 years from now you know what i mean yeah, I'm not even an old baseball purist like
0: that. I just think it's becoming cartoony. It's just becoming No, just I'm not either, but I'm food. saying
1: I'm just saying look at it. Look at what it was like, you know, 30 years ago. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, you're the steroid thing, but still. Yeah, yeah, that was a little
0: that was that was literally breaking the rules. Here they're changing the rules, but
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Breaking the rules is a completely different thing than yeah, yeah. quite literally alter, altering the rules to try to get views. So
0: yeah, it's, we'll see. I don't think, I have a hard time seeing them be able to implement something like that. You can't just end an inning in, in like a regular season or playoff game. They probably just have to, if there's a 20 pitch inning or 25, I feel like that's a low. I feel like they should go up to like 30 or something. If there's like a 30, 35 pitch inning. Then maybe you, you like make it mandatory where you like have to take the guy out or something like that. I don't see them being able to just stop the inning and carry on with the game as if they didn't. You know, if, they, if you get one out and then the inning ends, that's crazy to me.
1: I think if you, I think if we're going to do this, there should at least be a penalty because th- at least this it's kind of like you know bases loaded, a guy already scored, so you got your one run, and then we're just going to pull the plug. I think we're going to pull the plug at least, at least let two run in.
0: Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I don't have much don't to say know. about it. I just think it's kind of stupid.
1: Yeah, I guess another thing to touch on is I guess the MLB introduced new baseballs for this season. Uh, and they released them in spring training. Uh, Garrett Cole says they feel the same, and it's just taking, uh, I guess, a little bit to kind of get back into the groove at spring training. Um, I know the MLB had kind of the uh, like the, the flat seam thing for a couple of years mm-hmm. where uh, I don't remember if they wanted them to flatten them out or what the deal was, but uh, they said the balls feel weird, and I don't know. I guess this was just the thing to mention because I knew that was sort of a thing a couple years ago where the baseballs weren't, I guess, living up to what pitchers thought they were and controllability and stuff. But uh, I guess they have new baseballs this year and we'll see how this goes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to get into the host thing just real quick, brush over it. Um, I think it was on social media. Albert Pulhos' wife said that uh 2021 would be his last season it'd be his farewell season you know kind of like what all the greats have had you think of mariano rivera derek jeter they all had their farewell season uh they said she said that this would be his final season and then uh albert downplayed it and said he's gonna leave his options open and he wants to see what can happen and then uh something came out actually recently that the angels and MLB believe that Albert Pulos for a long time has been lying about his age. They said, uh, whenever Pulos came over, the Dominican Republic was very, uh, you know, players lied about where they were from or like what their ages and their birthdays were. But uh, it's very interesting to, to see that. I think the same thing was actually said about Johannes uh, Cespedes and some other of the Dominican guys. But uh, it'd be really interesting because I think Pulos right now is 41 so, you know, uh, we'll keep an eye on and see if this is Pujols' last season or not. And then last little bit of Angel MLB news is that their pitching coach, Mickey Calloway, is alleged to have sexual harassment against uh, uh, just a bunch of different women. And it's apparently have been uh, reported, on, uh, reported to the teams he's worked for multiple occasions, uh, so much so that he developed a nickname called uh, Dick Pick Mick, which is funny, but then you also think about that. How many people has this dude violated to where he got that name? Like how many people has this guy taken advantage of to where he earned the name Dick Pick Mick? That's kind of sick. It's kind of really messed up. And he was the former manager of the Mets and the angels still haven't fired him yet because all this allegations is all alleged. It's important to say that uh, legally. It's all legend dude.
1: Dude, if you have a nick, I, I don't know. We talked about this before. if you have a nickname?
0: Yeah. Like, if, yeah. Come on. If people refer to you as Dick Pick Mick, you're probably guilty of sexual harassment at some some level.
1: <laughs> it's
0: funny, but
1: it's really oh, it's terrible. But like, just the fact, I don't know. I feel like the fact because obviously this isn't going to be one of those things where. They can't be like, oh, we didn't know about it, and then like go they go look in his locker, and the back of his jersey says "Freaking." (laughs) He just I mean, come on, it's his signature.
0: Like he literally signs things, Dick Nick. Oh man, it's really messed up. It's really bad. Obviously, uh, if then it has has his phone number, depending on uh, a person. Uh, I I definitely. It's obviously jokes aside. It's a very serious matter, and uh, pretty messed up. And it sounds like this is true and if that's so uh definitely should be fired along with legal repercussions uh but the angels really need to get on that they haven't released a statement they haven't said anything about this whole situation and that just shows a lapse in i don't know judgment they're they're not they're not doing something right over there in uh angels land and they should definitely get their shit together that's right i said shit if you can call himself dick Pick mick i can say shit on a podcast
1: And And there goes the uh, here goes comes the rated E. It's already rated E.
0: Thank you for that. In NFL news, the biggest news that kind of came out of nowhere, and no one really expected this to go down the way it did. JJ Watt signed over and announced it over his Instagram that he is signing with the Arizona Cardinals, and he signed a two year deal worth $31 million, which checks out the 15 and a half per. Uh, I think it was something like 23 million
1: guaranteed. Yeah, I heard it's like I think it's like 22
0: guaranteed. So he's gonna stick around there in Arizona for at least two years, most likely. He's gonna be playing with DeAndre Hopkins, his former teammate in Houston, Uh, Kyler Murray, the short but great quarterback over there in the NFC West, and uh, with with rumors of Russell Wilson being moved, which we'll get into in a second here. uh, How how much do you think the Cardinals are contenders now?
1: I mean, it helps, but, like, I don't know. This isn't so – before we even get into that, like this isn't even one of the teams that I don't even think we're on the radar. Nope, nope, not but at this all. Is, this is like if Trevor Bauer signed with the Orioles. The finalists
0: were believed to be Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Cleveland, Tennessee. I would
1: have loved to have seen the Bills. Um, and the Bills too, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen Green Bay or something, but I don't I know. Have, I would have really doesn't. loved to have seen Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, three watts, but uh, I don't know. But I don't know. I, Arizona is just weird. I was not expecting that. And then he ended up – I think he just tweeted out, like, it was a picture of him riding, like, a, like an exercise bike. And then he said – or he's like, I'll release it myself, which I thought was kind of funny because that's kind of a pretty nice stab at, like, ESPN <laughs> – yeah. And uh, apparently the owner of the
0: Cardinals is a pilot and used a, one of his private jets. I know that got you ecstatic. He put, flew uh, to wherever J.J. was and picked him up in his private jet and brought him to Arizona. So the, the so, owner himself so, flew. It.
1: So you're telling me all I had to do was get a Cessna and fly J.J. Watt to no, Pittsburgh? No, no. That's all it would, do. You, that's think, all it would take. you think your weight and his weight could fit on a Cessna together? Oh, it would. It just wouldn't take off. But other than so that, you say, would you have like like an ounce of fuel, you'd be able to like barely like get to the runway. No, it would take off. We would just be fuel stop after fuel stop after fuel stop. But
0: yeah, no, he had a he had uh the kind of jet that you'd expect a owner of a football team to have. And JJ, he got JJ and his wife, uh, who's a professional soccer player, onto the I'm jet. I'm kind of curious now. Arizona. I'm gonna
1: figure out what I'm gonna figure out what he flies. Hang on. If you, I'm,
0: I'm it's, e- it's either the Arizona Cardinals Instagram or JJ's. I want to say it's JJ's, but yeah, it's, it's right there. You'll be able to see it there. Uh, so yeah, good on him. He'll be able to play on a defense with Chandler Jones. who's one of the best other pass rushers in the league. So yeah, on both sides, you got, uh, two of the greats. So that defense is going to be sick. Offense is going to be sick. I think that they're dark horses to win the NFC West. Honestly, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, In weird football news, Josh Gordon joined Johnny Manziel in the Fan-Controlled Football League, and it seems like he's kind of given up on the NFL dream after he's been suspended five times over marijuana charges. So he's tested positive on five different occasions and been disciplined for multiple games multiple times, and he will be joining his old teammate, Johnny Manziel, in the Fan-Controlled Football League.
1: I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was looking, I was like, uh, I was making the joke about a Cessna, uh, about picking up in a Cessna, but, uh, buddy got picked up in a Falcon seven X. If you want to make an impression, that is how you do it. That is a big old three engine private jet. If you want to show that you have money and power, that is how you do it. I mean, you don't, you don't get to be
0: able to own a football team by nothing, you know that dude. Oh no! I see.
1: I was thinking it would be like some little like citation or like a, I was not expecting like a. Yeah, man. That is a big plane.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Fuck, it's beautiful. But, um, and moving on. I wanted to talk about the Russell Wilson rumblings. Uh, obviously, it's been reported that he's unhappy in Seattle. And they, he want, he doesn't get any input on the offense. Kind of a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady situation all over again. And he wants more offensive linemen. He wants more weapons. He's not getting it. And uh, although they're not, he's not seeking out a trade. Uh, it's been reported he wouldn't mind getting moved to uh, teams like Chicago, Dallas was rumored, New Orleans. But Chicago seems to be the one of the early odds-on favorites. Where his uh, agent said that he would be more than happy in Chicago. If you look at the recent history, not a lot of quarterbacks have been more than happy being in Chicago. You look at Nick Fools, Mitch Trubisky, Jake Cutler, a lot of these guys have not had a ton of success in Chicago, but Russell Wilson would be by far the best quarterback that's hit the field in Soldier Field as a home quarterback in decades, maybe all time. But that'll be interesting to follow up on. That would be the biggest deal since – the Brady uh, signing, that'd be a really big deal if Russell ever moves, and especially to Chicago. That'd be pretty crazy. And uh, the Deshaun Watson news, uh, he met with the new head coach of the Texans and he re- reiterated his desire that he wanted to leave and he's unwilling to ever return to the field as a Texan. The team is not is not budging though on a, de- on a deal. They don't want, they are no interest in trading him according to team sources. So it kind of at a standstill. He doesn't want to play. They don't want to deal him. It's going to get to the point where someone needs to budge, and I have a feeling it's going to be the team because if Watson – you know, Watson could just sit out and he isn't missing out on anything. Uh, If you trade him, even if you don't want to, you're still getting assets back for him. So, eventually, I think there will be a move there. We'll see.
1: It'd be on the level of a Russell Wilson deal just for how
0: impactful it is. I
1: mean, I guess historically, based on this, is like even – I'm trying to think. We had a, quite a few big-name guys that threatened to sit out, but, like, the team always gives in because, you know what I mean, they don't want to just kind of have them sitting around because that's a bad look on guys. I remember whenever AB was in Pittsburgh, it was sort of that. Some of the guys, you could tell, were starting to get that mentality, and it's just not a good look. So, I feel like, uh, I feel like they're going to wait. If they were smart, they would wait until the absolutely – last second to get rid of him so he like doesn't get signed until like the last minute just to throw him off and kind of you know mess him up as bad as they can just for the stuff that he's done to him but yeah I don't think he'll stick around. Yeah and
0: uh, another notorious holdout that we saw here in Pittsburgh was Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he sat out the entire season waiting for a deal and didn't get it then immediately went and signed with New York that following year. The Steelers, I think, were one of the only teams that would ever do something like that. It's kind of hard to see uh, the Houston Texans being able to pull that off, just letting him sit and waste away. Um, The last bit of NFL news was Alex Smith and Washington football team. Uh, We reported last time that it seemed like there was a stalemate between the organization and the player in that he kind of threw a wrench in their plans with his return. They weren't expecting him to return. They thought he was done for after his terrible leg injury, obviously. Uh, it seems like they're going to be parting ways, and Alex Smith will be free to sign with wherever he wants. Uh, still a great quarterback in the time that he played this season. He was a uh, very competent, very capable quarterback for a team. It's probably not going to look, be contending. That kind of just needs like a carryover quarterback. You could see him getting picked up. Uh I can't think of an example right now, but definitely will be a job available to Alex Smith if he wants one. He started the demise of the Steelers. He, uh, him and the Washington football team beat the Steelers, and that led the entire uh, downfall of Pittsburgh. So pretty interesting there. Uh, two quick NBA things I want to talk about. That uh, One of them, Jeremy Lin uh, was allegedly, allegedly called the coronavirus in a G League game. Uh, the NBA is investigating along with the G League. Uh, obviously terrible that uh, someone would you know, make this. It's obviously a racially charged comment because Jeremy Lin is Asian. Uh, terrible, uh, not unexpected. There have been worse things said on an NBA court, an uh, NHL ice, on an NFL football field. Uh, but it's good that the, team, the leagues are investigating, and hopefully something gets resolved there. And Lin released a really big uh, piece. I think it was in the Players' Tribune about uh, the different kinds of injustices that players of all different races face just based on being different from one another. It's a really good read. I I recommend everyone to go check it out. Uh, Last bit was Zlatan, uh, the notorious cocky soccer player uh, basically told LeBron that he should just stick to sports and not get involved in political issues. And LeBron politely said, no, there's more to the story but I'm just gonna leave it at that because I think that headline's hilarious. You have golf things you want to talk about. Troy, get at it.
1: Yeah, so with the whole Tiger Woods incident, um, he's known for his Sunday red. And um, it was kind of cool to see that a bunch of players decided that they were going to wear uh, the famous red and black on Sunday, red shirt, black pants, and then I think the entire grounds crew, I don't remember for what course, they all showed up in uh, red shirts and black pants as like kind of like a tribute to Tiger Woods. So that was cool to see. Um, I know a bunch of the guys that uh, used Bridgestone for their golf balls. I know Bryson DeChambeau uh, was one of them. They had golf balls that had the word Tiger printed on the side of it. And then for the um, al- uh, the alignment stripe, they had it in red. So that was kind of their their uh, tribute form. So I always thought that was kind of cool to see, to see, I guess, they're not really a league, but see all the uh, former players and competitors showing, um, I guess, respect to what is probably the greatest guy to ever play the sport.
0: Yeah, definitely a nice gesture. Uh, and I was listening to our most previous episode uh, earlier today. And you actually mentioned a, you kind of predicted something happening. You said that there was like rumors or whatever online that or someone mentioned that they should do it and like for whatever the uh, event was on Sunday and everyone ended up doing it, uh, like you said, like a bunch of golfers, uh, crew people, it was beautiful to see. And it, and Tiger even responded, saying that uh, it made him feel great. You know, he, it brought him to tears. It was a really cool thing to watch happen uh no real updates on him other than it seems like obviously he's gonna survive which was up in the air there at the beginning but uh we haven't heard much about his injuries and how how things are going to end up with for him but we're hoping for the best for tiger like you said one of the greats one of the greatest athletes ever um anything else you want to talk about i think we hit everything on the dock
1: yeah so i think we're pretty good there um I guess for right now, we have the Penguins are playing the Flyers. We're into the third. It's now three to one pens. So that's good to see. I'm trying to see what we're doing, where we're at shot wise, because I, I know it was a little rough whenever they started the. Um,
0: it's 26-19 Philly. All
1: right, they're evening it out. I know the at the end of the first period, it was pretty steep. Uh, pretty steep gradient with the Flyers having a ton of shots. But uh, right now we have uh, 17 left in the third. Pens are up 3-1. to one. Uh, Hopefully they can pull this one off.
0: Also, first game in PPG with fans.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they go with 20, 2,300?
0: 2,800. 2,800, close enough. Good to see. And then the Pirates are going to have fans once they start up. Uh, both teams got permission from the governor. I think both Philly teams, uh, the Flyers. I think the Flyers are gonna have more than the Penguins because their arena seats more. They're gonna have over 3,000. Not sure about the exact numbers for PNC or Citizens Bank Park.
1: <laughs> Does it really matter for PNC Park? I mean, come on.
0: No, but all that was the easy joke that everyone was making. That they were saying. Uh, you know, like, oh really? That's the atten- that's the uh maximum because that's a regular attendance.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I f that, that never mind. Never mind.
0: All right. <laughs> well, I have money on the penguins winning this. I have money. I have a parlay going with them and the San Antonio Spurs, who are currently beating the Knicks 25-23. So if both teams hold on, uh your boy wins some uh shmoney. And this is March 2nd, so if you're listening, uh, you can look back and see if I won or not. Hopefully I won. I'm hoping I yes. won. I had a tough day, so that would be a really nice way to end my days. A little extra change. Um, all right, do you want to do a sign-off for us?
1: Sure. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's, weeks edition. One of First the half of the week's edition. Optimistically yes very optimistically Edition of the unit report um you can tweet us on twitter at the unit report um yeah listen to us we on oh boy what spotify iHeartRadio, radio apple podcasts
0: maybe pandora i'm not sorry
1: maybe maybe pandora i don't do the posting i just do the talking um yeah thank you for tuning in hopefully we will see you guys later in the week Um, Talk to you soon. We'll see
0: you.
1: Adios. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at The Unit Report.